like to get dramatic there with the gospel readings. You know, I think Christ's Christ. I think I'm. If I'm not reading it incorrectly, that's you know he's that's the, the emotion behind Christ's voice. But I actually I'm not going to speak about the gospel today. Uh, I'd like to draw our attention to a very very beautiful passage here from Micah. It's a kind of a famous. Uh, verse from the prophet that we hear. I think we've probably heard a number of times. What does the Lord require of you? You have been told, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you. Only to do, the translation that I think is a little bit more common is to love, is to do righteousness, to love goodness, and to walk humbly with your God. I think that's the one that you, but anyways, those three things, you know, sometimes the Jewish sages will say things like, uh, Moses, Moses gave us, um, 615 commandments, I think that's the number, 615 commandments. Um, and then, uh, we had to get, like, it reduced to, uh, the Ten Commandments. And then we got, and then Micah came along and says, okay, alright, alright, just, we'll give it to three, you know. Do, do righteousness, love, love goodness, and to walk humbly with our God. But in addition to that really beautiful verse, I want to draw our attention to this the, the general context of what's going on here in Micah is interesting. It says the Lord has a plea against his people and he enters into trial with Israel. So a lots of times in the Old Testament, in the Psalms and in the prophets, there is this background metaphor of a kind of a court case, like a trial. And uh, the person who's actually the prosecutor or the accuser is actually God. God is coming against Israel, and he's saying, this is what you've done, so forth and so on, and he's pressing his case against Israel. And he, what he wants from Israel is simply to say, okay, you're right, you're right. That's all he wants, really. And as if, if Israel does that, then there's forgiveness and salvation. But that's what he really wants them. He wants them to become convicted in their heart and then to turn, to repent. And so he goes on, he says, Oh, my people, what have I done to you, or how have I wearied you? So the Lord is actually reasoning with Israel. Okay, answer me. You know, what have I, what's your complaint against me? What have I done to you? I brought you up from the land of Egypt, from the place of slavery. I released you. And I sent before you Moses and Aaron and Miriam. And then he keeps going on with all these different things. That's what God has done for Israel. And then in return for what he's done for them, they have committed idolatry, they have done, you know, bad things, X, Y, and Z. And this is a, this is a verse that shows up on Good Friday. We use it in our liturgy in what's called the reproaches. And I'm going to try my best to try to do the reproaches this year. I was just thinking about that. Like I'm going to start talking to the music ministers like now. That, that we really need to learn how to sing these. This is a very important part of Good Friday. And um, let's practice this. Let's get this down because it really makes the liturgy very, very beautiful. The reproaches are these. It's just one verse after another, after another, after another, where it's taken from the Old Testament, but then it's related to Jesus on the cross. It says, my people, what have I done to you? I took you out of Egypt, so forth and so on. And then there's some kind of a clever way, you know, like uh, I use the, the staff to divide the sea and you use the spear to divide my side, something like that. It has all these different correspondences between the generosity of God to the Old Testament people and then what they did to him on the cross. So it goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. A very, very beautiful, profound song. 
And I think the lesson for us just this morning here is to think about this. You know, oftentimes, so oftentimes, it's the problem of evil that why does God allow innocent people to suffer, that question. It's so often that question that makes people fall away from faith and start to not believe in God and stop being involved with church. And and, uh, I think there probably are real authentic conundrums you can talk about where you could say, you know, this person really was innocent or it's like a baby or something like that and God allowed this really terrible thing to happen. So that kind of problem uh, is a real one. Okay, there's there's no doubt about it. I think more often than not, though, what people do, though, is they see some kind of a tragic thing happen in their life and they have a lack of honesty with themselves and so then they start doing that thing with God. Like, God, why did you allow this to happen? And if they were more honest with themselves, they would be able to say, well, it's not really God's fault. It's the sin, it's the result of sin from someone else's sin or, or actually very much could be your sin. That it, that is actually the cause of it, um, either directly or indirectly. You know, sometimes God allows things to happen to us, and it's not, it might sound uh, uh, what is it um, masochistic or something from one perspective, but if it's done in a humility with a trust in God's mercy, it's a very refreshing thing to be able to say, okay, now. This person has done something bad to me, and I didn't deserve it in this case, but you know what? I've done bad things in the past, and I got away with them. So maybe now I'm actually getting my come up, comeuppance. You know, maybe I'm not, the chickens are coming home to roost, and that's what I deserve. And so when you accept that as a penance, it makes, it makes it meaningful, actually, and it's actually a healthy spiritual perspective. Um, people have a hard time seeing that. They'd rather bring God to court. Okay, they want to bring, drag him into court and prosecute him. You know, you're guilty of doing this, God. But in the Old Testament, it's the opposite. God sees the big picture. And God brings us into court. And he says, this is what I've done for you. So often we don't see that. We don't see what God has done for us. We just see these bad things. But, I mean, let's turn the tables. Let's be the ones being put on the hot seat. And he could say, like, you know, I've given you your very life. I've given you parents, I've given you a house, I've given you an education. And when we see, if we, we notice God is kind of prosecuting Israel as a whole, it's also very helpful to see ourselves as beneficiaries of a broader social group and a broader culture. And again, that's something that we have a hard time doing because we're very, we're very focused on ourselves and individualistic minded and we just like, you know, I'm the only person that exists in the world. We have, sin has a tendency to, to distort our vision like that. But we need to kind of broaden our horizon and say, like, wow, I have received so much from the culture I'm in. By way of education, by way of, I mean, I've never gone hungry in my life. If I have, I've done it intentionally. I mean, for crying out loud, as an American, I've gotten so much. And who's responsible for that ultimately? Well, we can thank our parents, we can thank the previous generations that have gone before us, but ultimately we have to thank God. God is the one who's responsible for our blessings, and they're innumerable. Our blessings are innumerable. And so, you know, when God permits this little injustice to happen to us, we often focus on that and we forget about the big picture and the lack of gratitude that we have towards God. And uh, that's a real injustice. 
You know, we're very good at seeing the injustices that God permits in our lives, but not noticing the injustice we commit all the time in relation to God by way of ingratitude. So I think this is what we learn here with the prophet um, Micah. And at the end of the day, uh, we, you know, we have to have humility. We've got to note and see all the good things God has done for us. Uh, and we have to, I think this is what it means to do justice, to love goodness, and then to walk humbly with your God.